commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! Core World is... You may fire when ready. <coughs> From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Skondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your holiday news show for in-depth coverage and analysis of all the latest stories from around the galaxy. Here is your new segment rundown for April 24th, 2020. Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. But first, Lucasfilm has officially announced the Dr. Aphra audiobook, original, adapted and written by Sarah Kuhn, coming July 31st. Now we have Ben Grant and Adam to discuss. Thank you, Rex. And uh, we are back yeah. for another week of Core World News. Um, good to see your smiling faces on the uh, holonet here. Um, and uh, thanks, y'all, for listening to us. Um, yeah, so, wow, uh, surprise, big news this week. I feel like we say that a lot, but um, this uh, announcement's uh, very interesting. We've been talking a lot about Dr. Afro, and here we have um, one of their new style audiobook, multicast uh, things about her. What do, what do you guys think? I know you're happy. Yeah, you know me. I'll take Dr. Afro whenever I can get her. That sounded bad. Um, so <laughs> I think I am very, very excited. Um, I I... I actually kind of really liked the um, the audio, the last audiobook that came out. Uh, which one was that? Yeah, it was the Dooku. Um, uh, Jedi, 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 Lost. Jedi Lost, right? Um, I tend to, in the past, I've, I've usually listened to my audiobooks, so I appreciate the amount of, of production they put into their audiobooks, and to have them kind of go further than that and actually have multiple cast and, and sound effects. And so I, I love Dr. Aphra. She's probably my favorite I mean, no, not even probably. She absolutely is my favorite non, you know, movie character in Star Wars. And so to have her in any other form of um, product, I'll take her. Someone else talk. I'm babbling. No, yeah, that was fantastic. Um, firstly, I want to congrats. I want to just point out that even Grex is on Zoom with us today. Like that is yeah. that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it's a hard so, get, yeah, but we got him. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, we've we've been we've been banging on this drum for a long time. I think we all really, really love Afra. I think she brings so much wit and comedy, and, uh, and 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 you know, oftentimes the films are such these these breakneck and heroes journeys that you know mm -hmm. the comedy is kind of just inter interspliced with you know action and things like that. Whereas Afra is really, really a funny, witty, interesting, complex, fascinating character that like I that this audiobook is going to breathe so much life into her story. And we have, you know, Darth Vader is a major part of her story. We have Chris Santan. We have, the, you know, her father, her mother. They're, they're both fascinating characters. Uh, her love interest. Uh, like, there's there's so many really cool characters in the Afro storyline that I'm so excited for the broader spectrum of fans to, to be introduced to these characters. And, like, that is – that's really exciting. And I hope this is – I hope there's more to come after this. I hope people grasp onto this audiobook, and I hope we get, you know, live-action material eventually. And I think that will tie to our next kind of uh, – announcement that we'll talk about in a second but couldn't be happier with this uh i i know sarah coon had worked on a few things had she i think she's worked on a few things in the star wars galaxy before i'm not super familiar with her work but um i watched the video her presentation her announcement video I, I, this couldn't be in better hands so super excited for this and july 31st that's right around the corner that's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. instead of going on a tangent i'll just say same all, all those things i'm so excited and i hope it leads to more upper stuff because i adore her character and she's Let just me, so. Yeah, absolutely. Let me go on a tangent since since Ben didn't take the uh, take the bait. Um, I confirm you, sir. 
so I agree. Like I, I was really excited that they're doing this for the reason that Grant mentioned that hopefully this kind of ups her anytime you put her in another medium, right? There's more chance that people are going to learn about her, like her, and we're going to get her in an animated series or live action. That's all I really want from star Wars. I want a lot, but that's one of the things I really, really want. Yeah. My argument, and this is the same thing with Jedi lost is I don't know why they need to be selling audiobooks. I kind of wish Marvel would go, or I'm sorry that star Wars would go the Marvel route and actually create this as a podcast. And that's what they did with the Wolverine series. They Marvel's done three of these, which is the same thing as this. They just break it apart and they dole it out one week as an audio original. And I feel like that's going to get, I feel like you're going to get more people to download that for free and listen to it and love the character than buy an audio book. I think, I think they're going to sell it to people like us who already know about Afra and are already on board as opposed to trying to kind of up her credentials. So I really wish they would at some point release it as a podcast. Well, I do actually have something to say about this. I, I agree with you, Adam, from the fans' perspective, that this would be a fantastic way to to get more fans for APRA. But the audiobook is a manifestation of the problems that publishing companies have been having. And they, mm-hmm. they That's need fair. to make dollars. And they're, they're viewing the audiobook as the next frontier in, in publishing. And um, that's fair. And so yeah, they're trying, to, they're trying to get a piece of this. They just think that, like, no, you know, people will read more of these things. Like, I, I, I remember Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell, talked about this in length, and um, Chuck Klosterman. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like they, you know, they threw this thing out there, and it's like it, the sales are off the chart. People, they, they really are, are embracing audiobooks, and so I think this is their publishing arm looking at. It trying to embrace the wave of the future here and do some things. And I mean, Star Wars is a very unique medium or unique world to, to really fill out with a, a high production value audiobook, And, and so they're, they're embracing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like an incubation for, uh, you know, finding new talent, right? Like they're going to have to, you know, mm-hmm. find a voice actor for Vader in this audio book. Obviously they had someone for, um, the, the VR games, uh, uh, and we've had Vader in the past in video games, things like that. And, and James Earl Jones hasn't, and James Earl Jones hasn't always come back to voice the role. So right. there could be always, there's always a talent hunt to find a really good Vader impersonator. There's always there. It's going to be finding someone who sounds and, and carries the character of Afra perfectly. Like there's, there's such a fun way to explore talent and, Hopefully they bring in Jonas uh, to do Chris Antan if, if they do bring Chris Antan into the story. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be great. Uh, he ha- he has mastered the Wookiee roar, and we've heard it firsthand. And he is super talented. And uh, I hope he's all Wookies in the future and other characters. I mean, I hope they expand yeah. his role further. Uh, yeah, but uh, super excited. But I, uh, as to what you were talking about, Adam, uh, a sort of podcast series. I know they did do. I want to I want to say it was called uh, Smuggler's Gambit. It was it was like a Han Solo audio series. I think I, I think it was like recorded at a celebration or something like that. But um, mm. but it was a sort of it was a, a sort of more engaging, almost podcast esque kind of running storyline that you would listen yeah. to. I think every week or whatnot. Yeah. But um, that's interesting. That's a very interesting format. I don't know if a lot of people have even tried that for a uh marvel has right and and marvel's done it with two wolverine series and now just a marvel series which is i haven't listened to it yet but i'm really excited it's actually like a retelling of galactus's first coming like ben, it's like an oral history of that so ben ulrich uh-huh. is walking around interviewing people in new york <laughs> who saw galactus come when the fat fantastic four and i'm like that's amazing like so yeah, that's, oh, that's cool my thought is there's room for both right let's keep doing these um back to you talking about um 
voice talent, Triple Zero is going to make an appearance. Spoiler alert, because he did show up in the first ep- first issue with Doctor Afra. Do we get Anthony Daniels Breaking Bad as Triple Zero, or do they go someone else? See, I always, whenever I read Triple uh, Zero's lines, I always read it in the voice of Anthony Daniels, but mm-hmm. but but sort of deeper, like a deeper tale yeah. to it, like almost like what they do in the Rise of Skywalker when he's reading the runic Sith language, you know, like mm-hmm. something like like maybe maybe like it's it's almost like he's shorting a circuit every time, like every now and again, just to like get that deeper tone. Like that's kind of how I've always read his dialogue. So yeah. I think Anthony is Anthony Anthony Daniels, but with a lot of modulation, a lot of kind of manipulation afterwards. I also realized Triple Zero, we should, for listeners who haven't read the comics, is just, as you probably put together through context clues, but it's e- it's evil C-3PO and an amazing character. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And there's an evil R2-D2 character too, uh, yeah. BT-0. I think so, BT-0, I believe, yeah. yeah. I, uh, one, of my, <laughs> yeah one of my favorite like memories a- of Rhode Island. Yes, yeah. One of my favorite memories of Rhode Island Comic Con was walking around to all the seller booths trying to find a triple zero Black Series figure. Yeah, I remember <laughs> which that. I, which I did. I have it. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're overpriced, though. Overpriced. It was Not like $10 bad. more. It was $10 more. I was happy. It was my, it was my, the one I really wanted. I was willing to overpay for it. Yeah. So yeah. definitely, so the listeners, you should know that there is almost every Black Series at any convention you can go to, but it's just gonna be marked up like ten bucks. But you can find anything there, and like that was, I got a couple there too, yeah. and I was like, oh man, this is this is a trove of all the figures I never bought in the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually happy with that too. They weren't because they, you found a cheaper booth too. Like they're they're yep. not all um, price locked. There's not like you know some conspiracy there. Um, that's not the right word I'm looking for, but you know yeah, you I mean. can you can haggle, you can haggle like uh, <laughs> yeah, medieval. Europe. Yeah, exactly. But some booths will <laughs> so, have the ten dollars cheaper than other booths, you know. Exactly. I mean, you can walk up to a booth at a convention and know which one's going to be overpriced, but you know they have it, and you can just ask for it, and they'll hand it directly to you if you don't want to deal with it. And then my favorite, which is going back to my comic book collecting days, are the ones where there's just this bucket full of like loose black figures that are like. 15 or four for four for 50 and i would just sit there and like just rifle through it's my favorite thing in the world yeah yeah i don't want to i don't want to take a downturn or weigh down the podcast with any negative notes but i do know a few people who are internally at lucasfilm and and outside of lucasfilm who were who loved you know the sequel trilogy but just in that final film the rise of skywalker i think people were let down by i think lucasfilm lost a little bit of inclusion cred with downplaying rose's role and so I think yeah. it's super, super important that Afra be a major project, you know, uh, that's on deck for this upcoming year because I feel like it's needed. I feel like a lot of people felt, you know, gypped that they didn't get as much rose as they thought they would get in the Rise of Skywalker. And I think that, and that, that could be why this is all taking place now. But I hope it's not. I hope this was always in the cards because I think the character's so interesting. But nonetheless, I think it's a really, really good move for the the company, yeah. the brand. Yeah. And they've been very vocal that like the next few series are going to be focusing on on women, on female characters, which is yeah, which is great and makes sense. Um, and in fact, we have another announcement. Should we just make it now? Or? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a good, that's a perfect. I thing. think, I, yeah, someone who's leading the charge on that that new front of female-driven films and and stories is Leslie Headland, who was a writer and creator on Russian Doll, among other things. Um, this news just came out this week. I think it was was a Variety that I think first dropped the the report, but. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. This came out just around the exact same time as this audiobook announcement. Makes me think we're going to get more of Af- Makes me think this could be an Afro series, but 
I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cross my fingers. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to hope it's that. I hope there's other characters they want to explore. I, I thought Kiro was a wildly interesting character that was kind of just left, you know, in, in, in the rearview mirror. And I was like, oh, no, 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 we cannot leave. I can't wait for that character's development of like shaving her head and going full Crimson Dawn and being dark and it's still loving yeah. Han. Like, ah, I want all of that. Like, where is yeah. that? Yeah. So you think it's definitely going to be an established character that, uh, yeah. To write about. It's interesting, right? Because the quote is that it takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline other than than other pro- uh, projects in the franchise. I don't know what yeah. that means. It will take place in a previously unexplored part of the Star Wars timeline is the way it's written in the one I've got. Same same thing, but it's like still, it's like, okay. So There's so much. I mean, like, okay, so it could be sequel? Be... Well, it could what be. It also right. What if it's Ray? maybe it is sequel series we've been wanting, like Ray's um, uh, new Jedi uh, education of Hogwarts place? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I was that's, thinking it was Ray's. I thought I thought <laughs> I thought you were going to Ray's mother because I was like, oh, that's kind of a story that we never got that could be interesting. No. But if, if it's taking place at, at a time in the if it's taking place at a certain time in the timeline that we haven't seen or, or haven't seen a story in yet, I feel like. It might be far in the future or far in the past. You know, I don't. I don't know. Maybe um, I'm going to pull a veil back for the for the listeners to our pre-taping conversation when we were trying to figure out the timeline of Maul. Um, <laughs> we'll talk more about that in a bit. But what we discovered through us like figuring it out is that there are like there's still like a lot of time between Episode Three and Four that technically aren't quote unquote explored in New right. Canon. Right. So that could just be that. Right. It could just mean it's right. that period. It could mean it's a year between who knows. Like there's so much there's, there's like five dead years between the end of Solo and the beginning of Star Wars Rebels. And yeah. I didn't think that. I was thinking if it's an unexplored part of the timeline, I thought it would be outside of it before or after. But you're there, you're right. There are spaces I, between that are on un, undiscovered. I, I, I think two two spaces that I think they're setting up right now, or they've clearly set up in one case, uh, is the kind of frontiersmanship in the High Republic era, which is obviously being set up in the in the the, the literary novels and things like that. But then yeah. um, also this this time of chaos that Maul talks about over and over again in this most recent episode of Clone Wars. Yeah, we didn't really we haven't really got a glimpse of the chaos. Like we haven't seen the galaxy just you know implode and and no. see all the, the syndicates right. go wild oh, and the oh, emperor. Yeah, we've yeah. seen a lot of Jedi hunting, and that's been about it, right? That's like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we also have thirty-five years between episodes <laughs> six and seven, right? Where we've gotten a little bit of exploration, but not a ton. So, so yeah. I agree. When I first heard that quote, I was thinking either far future, far past. But when you really start breaking it down, that like written to a to a t- like to the inch of its life, that that quote, <laughs> right? Which yeah, is right. a very lawyer speak of like technically. There's yeah, quite yeah. a bit that could be referring to. So, so, so we'll see. I, yeah. Running through a list of, of people. I mean, you mentioned a few. Uh, Harrison Dula. What about her, you know, her tales as a, you know, mother after, um, you know, Rebels? Like, what is she doing? After Ahsoka? The, you know, guys, yeah. guys, Ahsoka uses the World Between Worlds portal to go back and start the channel no. anew. No, no. Stop. No. Just, I Stop. almost. I, I quit the podcast. I'll take all the money. Thank you. Ugh. No, no time travel. We had it once in animated five. Anyway, all right. So it goes deep into the unknown regions, 
and sure. finds a portal to go back and start the Jedi. No, no, no time travel. <laughs> you, ha- oh, you, you just, oh, I gotta swear real bad. <laughs> all right, all right, sorry, sorry. Um, but you the Ahsoka series, though, come on, guys. But, but that's the thing, right? Think about this. Ahsoka is going to be, we think, pretty much confirmed, going to be in season two of Mandalorian. It's a female character. It's a character that's beloved, right? That we haven't explored a lot of her timeline. Maybe this is the Ahsoka series. I think I know, Grant, yeah, Grant, you have me shook now. Ahsoka series. Like, <laughs> yeah. she got seven seasons of Ahsoka, you know? Yeah, but and, that doesn't count. Cartoons, I mean, like, cartoons versus live action. Like, there's a large gap of Star Wars fans that don't dine on the cartoons, but will watch anything live action. I mean, that's Wait. a good point. But I still think, like, she got her series. We're going to see her in cameos, but I don't think we're going to get another um another yeah. focused thing unless maybe i'm still holding out hope for that video game the Ahsoka Tano video yeah game. and i mean that character is designed for a video game she just it's such an interesting look she's so vibrant uh she just does all the athletic things that you expect a video game character to do like a lot of other yeah. jedi are kind of, you know very standard or let's formal. talk a little bit about leslie headland's background right because maybe that gives us some insight into what she might do not to say that people are have to do what they've done before right like she could be going a completely different direction but if we look at things like russian doll she was a playwright um which i didn't know a lot about but she wrote this thing she wrote uh this series of uh it's called her seven deadly sins cycle which were these like standalone plays and each one was a different sin and one of hers was called bachelorette which was made into a movie which it's definitely worth a watch. If you haven't seen Bachelorette, it's it is a it's a heck of a movie. It it, it takes you to, to interesting places. Like she she doesn't feel to me at least when I watch her movies doesn't feel constrained by specific plotting elements where she'll take a turn in a fun mm-hmm. way. Um which was similar in like um sleeping what was it sleeping with other people, which That's I think right, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah, she, she um, wrote that as well. If you want to get into a good brain space, that's her take on a romantic comedy. And she described it as basically like when Harry met Sally for a-holes. Which, <laughs> yeah, basically. Which is that's basically what that movie is. Perfect. It's a perfect description. Um, for me, everything other, screams yeah. Afro to me. Like for me, everything everything we're listing right now screams Afro. It's you have mm-hmm. the wit and the humor of Russian Doll, uh, the the in the kind of uh, the genius and the brilliance of Russian Doll. Uh, you have the relationship drama in Sleeping with Other People about last night. Um, I'm sure there's lots of relationship drama in The Bachelorette as well. I think there's a lot of relationship drama in Afra that's actually, I think, deeper and more complex than, you know, say your your Han Solo and your Leia, you know, dichotomy that you're used to. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's a great call, even though I thought that sort of that legal speak might preclude that because, I mean, Afra's been covered and it's it's a lot of original trilogy yeah. I mean, it's all most of her story happens between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back um, that we've seen so far. Um, unless, I mean, I guess they could do it after um, Return of the Jedi. They could do this is like the older Afro, which I floated before. But um, I'll, I'll throw out another Dark Horse candidate, uh, Jen Erso. And oh. like maybe it overlaps with the book a little bit, but it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's a rogue slicer slash partisan. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, it was kind of it was all covered in Rebel Reborn. No, uh, Rising, Rebel uh, Rising, Rebel Rising. Thank you, Rebel Rising. Neither was alliteration there. Um, that book. It's weird that I was the one who remembered alliteration. Yeah, (laughs) the thing I 
I think with another character that's sort of gap piece character in Star Wars is maybe like a uh, obviously Maz represents this to an extent, but like mm. the pirate queen, like the space pirate queen. Yeah. I think a Maz represents that in an alien form. I would love to see the human incarnation of what that looks like as well. I would love a series set like 500, 600 years before the films that's Maz and a bunch of pirates and this maybe a new female pirate who's the leader of that that group that's just foraging right. through the galaxy. That. that would be that's super, super cool. Yeah, that'd be yeah. an area we haven't explored before and would yeah. be really ripe for storytelling. Yeah. Yep, and have that familiar character that people love already and yeah, and sort of flesh out Maz a little more. And that would connect the recent viewers to the, you know, to the sequel trilogy and sort of reinforce that. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's an all powerful woman who's just it's it's you know, it's a female gaze, power fantasy to the 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 utmost. Like nothing has done what that would do, honestly, yeah. because she is living by her own rules. I mean, you could do this with the Cloud Riders, I think. You know, yeah. You could do this with yeah. Emphasis. I think you could do Emphasis Emphasis Nest Senior. Mm. The first mm-hmm. Emphasis Nest. I think you could do her yeah. mother and and push yeah. back a little bit. And but then I don't know that timeline I think is a timeline we've explored, right? I think that's just the edge at the that end works. of the, the prequels. Right. You almost have to do Emphasis Nest Junior Cloud Riders. And then this is because remember um who plays Wicket? I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Warwick um, Davis. Warwick Davis was just like, oh, I think Warwick Davis you get his own series, but he could be in that series. Um I think there should be an Ewok show on Disney Plus, honestly. Like after this whole COVID like nightmare, it's like give me Ewoks every, you know, every week on <laughs> Disney Plus, please. Why? You want to be more terrified? <laughs> no, I would find so much joy in like tuning into like a, you know, 30 minutes of Ewoks oh. doing, you know, there's the next ben, 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 there's the, the generation gap between Grant and I right there. Because yeah, I was yeah. old enough to know those things are terrifying. I love, I love the original Ewoks films. Yeah, guys, big Ewok <laughs> the fan. Caravan of cor- Courage, uh, Battle for I Endor. Still think, yeah. I, I do think anything that's a puppet, I think you should CG the eyes at least because watching the Dark Crystal recently. And then no, you back should. Ewoks they did films, that. It's like CG those eyes. No, the blinking Ewoks are, <laughs> are monumentally more terrifying than the glass-eyed Ewoks. Anyway, yeah. I think we may have gotten off track. Uh, <laughs> because anyways, of back me. to Leslie Hedlund. Let's... Full, you know, to be fair, right. because of me. But one thing I want to point out about Leslie headland and why i'm very 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 excited about this new series is that her first job her first job in hollywood was as a staff writer on maybe the best show of the 2010s which was terriers terriers yes that was a terriers do you have not seen these okay quarantine watch for everyone this is an assignment i require it's a required assignment if you don't do it you fail the course is to watch the show terriers it lasted one season on fx so it's not a long watch but it is one of the best shows of all time. I, I'm not. I'm okay. I'm maybe overselling it, but I don't think so. Grant, <laughs> it's a it's a fun show and it's well worth viewing. I would uh, I would recommend that as well. I think it's a great quarantine viewing. I mean, for 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 this time period, I like yeah. all of her movies. Honestly, I would watch her, her entire catalog because I think they're all really, you know, as as complicated and the, the the stuff that she dives into can be dark, but it's like it's always funny and she's so witty and it's just I I think it's great material. Well, she writes such complex characters, it seems like, based on all of what she's done. And so I think that's the smart move on Star Wars is get a person yeah. who can write characters because everything else. I mean, I'm not trying to like really downplay, but everything else is Star Wars, right? Like the backbone of any good movie, any good show, any good series is a good character. Right. And I know if she's either taking one or creating one, uh, you know, whole cloth, 
I'm on board. Yeah, and I think I think Dave Filoni's done the most work in creating a, like a very very compelling, nuanced female character. Whereas you know, Ray is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Period. But at the same time, you feel like she is walking in the footsteps of Luke Skywalker. You feel like she is the next Luke Skywalker to a degree, and kind of the the, the chosen one of her of her saga. You kind of know that story. Uh, with with um, Kira in Solo, it's kind of the '70s femme fatale, which I don't think is truly like that's not the embodiment of a dynamic female character in my opinion it, although she was super interesting powerful cool character want to see more hope she gets a live series um but when it comes down to when it comes down to the, the the when it comes down to the nuts and bolts it's like ahsoka is so fascinating interesting so driven and, and has so much agency and license to do her own thing and to, and to discover her own path and i was like oh that is so cool like i really hope we get the next female character is as interesting as Ahsoka and, and, you know, and it's, they play on that, that playing field. We could have, we could both get what we want. Um, Grant, we could, uh, we could have a sequel to the sequel trilogy and have it be the Jedi new Jedi Academy, but yeah. maybe Ray isn't running it. You know, maybe we see Daisy Ridley for an episode, which would be cool. Cause I was just in my head being like, what are the chances they could actually get Daisy Ridley and John Boyega right now to do a Disney plus series? I think they're a little beyond it. I think, I mean, I, I don't know if they're beyond it, but I think they're probably trying to capitalize on their fame right now to sort of get into some other projects so that they're not, you know, just the Star Wars people for the rest of their career. But they, I mean, they could guest star in there and then it could be Ahsoka Tano's school. And yeah, that, and uh, like uh, everything she's learned from traveling back in time and creating the Jedi. <laughs> thank she, you. Can, um, she can use that knowledge with uh, this, you know, but I mean, all of her experiences, yeah, yeah. she's seen the fall of the Jedi Order. That's the kind of person you want to create the new, the new Jedi and the new doctrine. So it, we're going to be- pitch. Yeah, we're going to pitch episode 10 at some point. We're gonna, once yeah, once the news yeah. stops coming, but the news keeps coming every week. So we always have things to talk about. But eventually we'll have yeah. a week where we do our pitches for episode 10. So I don't want to step on that too much. But if right. we're doing that, you could have the show where basically there is a bit of, of like, where's Ray? We, we, t- we don't talk about the founder. The founder's not here. Like, you just leave it as this open-ended mystery of just, like, she's not here. Yes. We can't, like, the, like similar in episode two when they talk about the fallen, right? The Or the, um, is that how they refer to them as? The, like, the Yeah, the, oh, the ones that have fallen? The ones that have Someone, quit the order? Yeah, yeah, because remember he goes when, when he's looking for the missing planet? <laughs> Yeah. Jenna archives with Joe Caston new. I have literally every other part of that thing oh, in my right. in my brain except that one. Yeah, no, I think you're right. They're called the Fallen. I think mm-hmm. the Lost. I think it's I don't know. So I think I'm very excited. I'm very very excited, as you can tell, by this news because I feel like this is the beginning of the era in Star Wars that I've been waiting for since since Disney bought it, which is like, you get a Star Wars, you get a Star Wars, <laughs> you get a Star Wars, right? Yeah. And so we just get so many different storytellers telling different types of Star Wars. Like, that's what I want. Like, the galaxy is so huge. I just want, I want everyone telling a Star Wars story. I do too. Same. And Star Wars is, has so many great messages. And I think that if, you know, if everyone does, have the time to indulge in Star Wars. I think they will walk away with some really good takeaways. So no matter who you are, and no matter what property or what what sort of story you're watching, I'm sure there's going to be so much great stuff to take away from that. And I love that they're fostering all that knowledge and knowledge and sharing it outwards with the property. But um, final guess is my final guess for this is it's an Afro. My final guess is I have fingers crossed it's an Afro series. But I'm going to go with my pirate queen kind of pitch. Right, I, it's a pirate queen from 500, 600 years ago. That's my final guess. 
right. My final guess, I'm going to go with Soka School. Uh, Jedi Academy with Soka. Okay. My final guess, which might seem like a, a, a bunt, but I don't think it is, is that it's going to be someone we've never seen before. It's going to be a wholly new character. I think it's it's going to be... Oh, well, I can't do that because Grant's technically would be. So now yeah, mine's, really, a, mine's, oh. a sub, mine's a subclass of a subgenre. All right. Oh, man. I got nothing. I, I pass. Well, I, I, mean, I, I struck out looking. I mean, no, that's. I think that's right because, um, I mean, Maz Kanata is an established character and it's just going through her thing. Like that's, but you're talking about like built build an entirely new character. Right? Yeah, like a uh, female yeah. character we've never met before. Yeah, and her corner of some new part yeah. of the galaxy, which is similar to what we got with Rebels, right? Rebels, there's right. that that core is there's no characters we've ever seen before when Rebels started. So when we start, bring it. We right. see uh, like second episode, we see uh, Princess Leia, then yep. obviously Mothma and Bail Organa, like and then, and then we're integrated. That's yeah. you know that's why it's like if you're gonna pick a new time period, I don't know, maybe you could do a female bounty hunter. And you That'd know, you cool. Running, That'd be cool. You know, oh, in, interesting. Yeah. Well, you're so, you're so of the Bo Katan yeah. series, which I would totally watch. That'd be like, yeah. you know, that'd be like Tans. the armor instead of Mando as the main character, which would be. They're not going to do another Mandalorian. Yeah, that's true. I guess you're thing. right. Um, no, but that's interesting. Yeah, I love the idea of a pirate queen. I love the idea of a bounty hunter. Yeah, you know what? Wings here. There's still a lot of really obvious low hanging fruit. And I think they're trying to pick all that. You know, yeah. so things like new Jedi academies or like something people want to see or Maz Kanata, I mean, is a little fringy, but at least the people love that character and she can be fascinating. And she then uh, the front runners are like Tano and Af- uh, Afra, even though, you know, because they're already established fantastic characters. But, yeah. I don't right. know, uh, you know, she's got so much range she could do. I, I, I don't know. It would be a really big swing if she's like, nope, I want my own court corner of the galaxy with my own characters. Yeah. That would be that, that'd be I... a big, big swing. I'm gonna go with my heart and say Afra because that's what I want to happen. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, so I think the I like all those guesses and um, just to just to back up and uh, reiterate, my pirate thing wouldn't be about Maz. It would be about a new character that yeah. is oh, beating Maz's pirate brigade. Yeah. I mean, I that's a good point, Grant. And I'll make this point: is that the Mandalorian very similarly, right? Like we have not seen. Yeah. any known characters right and that is the I, as a person who loves the sequel trilogies and really loves everything about character uh, of everything that's come out i honestly believe that might be the best thing to come out of star wars in the disney era is the mandalorian and that's not downplaying the other stuff but to me that feels yeah. amazing and maybe that's because it's its own thing right in the galaxy it's tied into the history but it's its own characters it's, its own thing i completely yeah. And it's amazing, and they were able to capture so much. Yeah. But and, and for Star Wars fans, I think it's to each their own, right? It's like, yeah, uh, you know, Mandalorian. I think ticks a lot of boxes for me because I'm all about stakes and villains. Like that's pretty much how I gauge stories. Usually, I'm like, oh, I, the stakes are are believable and they're dangerous here, mm. and the villain is super interesting and com- complex, and and he's not wrong about some things. And that's interesting. Yep. That's fascinating. I, I love those sorts of stories. And I think Mandalorian is is at least trying to do that. And I think it's doing it pretty well. Like, I think uh, the villains it's introduced are really interesting and scary and, and, and pose a threat. And I think that's cool. But there's other Star Wars stories that I love, too, that really don't have those things going on. But it's just I love the adventure. I love the characters. I love everything else. So I think it's each their own. And it's all it's all subjective at the end of the day. Yeah. 
I would say, you know, you mentioned like that that could be the best thing that Disney's done. I would, I think right now this arc of the Clone Wars um, mm. that we're about to talk to you might might be my favorite thing. Just yeah. just two episodes yeah. in, it's been fantastic. So we're, and, uh, what's that? Yeah. And I don't want to make that as a, I, I want to make it clear that it's not shot Disney because and this is not me just being like trying to be whatever. I actually love pretty much everything Disney's done with Star Wars. Sorry, Grant. But uh, <laughs> guys, <laughs> I'm the biggest advocate of Disney. I watched on from three times like, in the last two weeks. No, no. What I'll say is everything Disney Grant is loves a lot of what Disney has done for Star Wars, but is is a more discerning taste. He he like he uncorks the bottle and, and smells it. And like me, I'm like, I'm just gulping down the red wine and and, and <laughs> right. drunk happy very quickly. So you I'm not Grant is not a Grant is not a Disney hater. He's just more discerning I'm just looking with this. Taste. More of a layers. Yeah. layers. I like layers, yeah. guys. <laughs> Um, uh, awesome. Why don't we get into that Clone Wars episode? Eh? Now, from the front lines of the other MCGs, Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. Very good, sir. Thank you, Cody. All right, welcome back to Commander Cody's Clone Wars Conspectus. Uh, we just watched part two of the Siege of Mandalore, uh, episode 10 of the Clone Wars, entitled The Phantom Apprentice. A uh, little summary for this before we dive into the conversation. After confronting Maul in the tunnels underneath Mandalore, Ahsoka learns of Maul's old master, Darth Sidious, and his grand design to plunge the galaxy into chaos. That's kind of a brief summary. There's more to go. Uh, there's a lot more that happens in this episode, but uh, let's just open up, open up there and, uh, and talk about those initial moments with Ahsoka and Maul. How many chills did you get during this episode? Uh, about a million. I would say that first yeah. scene is the least interesting part of this yes that, that yeah. first like standoff which sure. you know ends up with a like an escape but like that uh yeah i mean i i adored this episode Me adored too. and i'm still trying to count all the ways the reasons why yeah uh so many um i don't even know how to even put this episode in perspective uh it, it maybe in timeline so we've been talking yeah. about that today. it it, we've we've now in full overlap to um, Re, uh, Revenge of the Sith episode three, the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, Revenge so, of the Sith. Yeah, the first where act, we at? The first act. Yeah, the first act, right? Because where are we at? We know based on things that have happened in this episode, we know that Anakin has killed Dooku. Yeah, so that's the first scene, right? Where yeah. they, they actually they rescue the Chancellor. And that's about, and we know, and then yeah. we also know. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Sorry, sorry, I cut you. No, you got it. All right, you were you beat me to it. You go for it. I'm so excited. I, I just the, the words are tumbling out. But yes, uh, we we know that they have asked uh, Anakin to spy on the Chancellor. Right. Yes. <laughs> I love so Ahsoka's reaction. <laughs> uh, but like before we get into that, let's let's first talk about Ahsoka's learning of Sidious. Like this is the first yeah. time Ahsoka is learning about Darth Sidious, this this dark lord yeah. who's been plotting in the shadows. Like this is the first time she's hearing his name. Um, this is the first time we're getting a lot of connectedness between Ahsoka and Maul that is pays off in Rebels. That it, 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 this was very much needed for that payoff. I actually am very excited to go back and watch Rebels and see them confront each other once again there. Mm -hmm. But um, I loved I loved Ahsoka's reaction to Sidious and and she you almost. 
it's strange because it's like the prequels were made before all this content came out. So like everything in the books and everything in the TV shows has this kind of inkling or this subtext or this background knowledge that there's this dark Lord. And it's kind of like Ahsoka has always in my mind been set up to be this character who's hyper aware. And she's, she's, uh, she's always felt that there's something, there's a screw loose in the Jedi. There's something wrong. There's something going on, you know, behind the, behind the curtains and, and, and this is this is kind of the culmination of all of that, where she's finally realizing that, yeah, the order has its flaws, and there's also this dark lord plotting, and uh, I, there's no one to really trust in the galaxy. There's no one left to trust. I think she does trust in Anakin, though, and you see that in her reaction to Obi Wan telling her that uh, that Anakin has slain Dooku and is now spying on the Chancellor, and she's like, spying on the Chancellor? Like, who are the Jedi? Why are they ordering yeah. him to spy on the Chancellor? And like, it's that's crazy. It just seems. That seems like the real downfall of the Jedi is asking him to spy on the Chancellor. I feel like that was almost a bizarre move. I, don't, I really don't know how that's organic in any way to their ideals, their principles. But I guess he was close to Palpatine and it had to be done. Well, they have completely lost their way at this point. They're, they're poli- they, be- they became a political body, which they yep. never were before. Yeah, because, I mean, they, they are still following their creed. I mean, they're trying to hunt down this, this Sith. We know, um, and, and we got reference to it, uh, in this episode, that Obi Wan is the only one that's heard the name Darth Sidious when he was being interrogated in Episode Two by Count Dooku, um, that he was told that name, and so that, that that's been sort of that seed has been planted, and they know they're out there, and obviously the the Force and their you know intuition is are leading them towards a chance. To, yeah. But yes, but still, it's like you, there's a way to go about that. We'll be like, hey, this is what we know, Anakin. Are you willing to do this? Not guess what this is your job, go do it, you know, was a, was a bad way to handle that. Yeah. So since we're talking about this conversation, I have a question. Now this is, this question is based on the fact that we have not seen the following two episodes. However, I have a, I have a feeling that we're very, very, very close to order 66 at the end of this episode. I think it's going to happen pretty early on. (laughs) I would say we're actually act three. We're, we're heading into act three at the end of this episode. Because that's um, kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Obi-Wan's been sent off to kill Grievous. And Mm -hmm. that's the end of the movie. Oh, that is kind of act two. Uh, It's act two. It's act two. Act Act two. It's it's the beginning of act Act three. when Grievous. Yeah. 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 Okay. So my question is, Obi-Wan asks Ahsoka to talk to Anakin, right? That happens here. Right. I have a feeling that conversation is never going to happen. Yeah, when he when when you do the extreme close on like Ahsoka's eye just after that moment, it just made me think, oh, this is Rebels. This is hinting at their conversation yeah. in Rebels when it's too exactly. late to have that conversation and that she wishes right. she had had that conversation. Which leads me to my question, which I have written here. Uh, have, uh, do you think Anakin would have fallen if Ahsoka had spoken with him? Do you think there's any chance that Ahsoka could have brought him back? Prior to his, there there are a lot of potential fates brought up in this episode that I feel like could have changed the galaxy in a major way. But um, I'm gonna say no. No, yeah, Yeah. finish your thought. Yeah, Yeah, no, no, I, no, I I, I want to register that because I I did want to hear more input. I I don't honestly, that's unknowable. It's everything's unknowable at this point. Of course, but um, I want to say she would have been able to change him, but if. Padme couldn't change him. Like if Padme exactly. couldn't get rid that's, of Anakin, like what's going on? Yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah. And 
there's also yeah and when it comes to obi-wan it's there's a i ha- also had some questions and some 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 things i bumped up against that i feel like i know this is why i love getting with you guys so i can talk about this stuff but um like he seems very wary of the clones when he's talking to ahsoka like he even sends them away to start talking about sidious like i knew yeah. that the jedi had inklings that there was a some sort of dark lord plotting you know in the background of this war but that the dark lord is also responsible for the clone army like is this something that like they they also believe and that they're still you know and then then, can you see him in episode when you see him in revenge of the sith he's like in lockstep with cody and the clones and i'm like wait wait wait. his behavior in this episode is like send them away so we can talk about sidious and but then the next thing he's relying on them heavily on the next you know mission. i think he sent them away more because he uh, it's a very personal request to Ahsoka. Yeah, like they're okay. they're friends, and this is a friend asking a friend, and it's not sanctioned by the the council. He really shouldn't be doing it, and he doesn't want a you know a trail. Yeah, I mean he's talking to someone who left the Jedi Order at this point. Right, right. About That's very good. secret Jedi Order <laughs> business. About their like yeah. top priority. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I was, it was it was good to hear your thoughts on this because. When I literally that that scene happened and I paused the video and I think I sat there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> just having like, I, think. I, I honestly think it was 10 minutes where I was just sitting there like maybe it's just like maybe it's just quarantine life where you have like time to do stuff where I'm like, yeah. you know, I don't want to I don't want to deal with students freaking out. So I'm just not going to check my email and just like <laughs> ponder, like ponder for 10 minutes. But I really kind of went back and forth. And I think I landed where you all where I'm like, maybe she could have. But if like. If a, if if Padme couldn't have changed his mind, but also then I had the thought. See, this is what I did. This is what I did for ten minutes. I had the thought. Then if Ahsoka had talked to her him sooner, like I feel like by the time that Padme talked to him, it was too late, right? Like I feel like there was this golden time in Episode Three, and I need to go back and rewatch Episode Three. Which will lead me into another question I have for you, but we'll that later. <laughs> Which is why yeah. does that change of heart happen so quickly? No, that that question <laughs> that is an unanswerable question. But I yeah. feel like there's a golden time in episode three where someone could have gotten in there and changed his mind. You know, where he's on his own for so much. Yeah, anyone but so Mace vulnerable. at that point, because I feel like yeah, Mace exactly. was really, really yeah, pulling Anakin, treating him like an underling, and it's like, yeah, it's like anyone else probably could have, but he was dealing heavily with Mace in that time period. Yeah. Well, so we're, we're talking a lot about like what ifs and there, there's a lot going on here. And I think that's one of the tantalizing things. But we're, I, I want to just pull it back one second to to Maul. Uh, yeah. And I think he's like Heath Ledger Joker-esque characterization of a villain. I, I love this Maul more than any other Maul and most there was, villains. There was a high word count on um chaos the word chaos he did say that a bunch <laughs> he said chaos a bunch but it it's like his mannerisms he's like casual like he's in a state like he's in a state it's like balls yeah. on it you know other people are like i don't know he's on edge he sends he's sending everyone away like he's freaking out because he can feel this like convergence in the dark side yeah. his and his having pers- visions yeah. he's having visions his perspective yeah. on this as the thing in star wars i never knew i needed not wanted actually needed this in my life and so he's freaking out and yet he's like uber relaxed and he's not really nefarious he's just sort of he's like i am floating on a tide of the dark side of the force and it's just and and he's the only one that has this unique knowledge of what's going on and actually has the power to do something about it 
And then, and then he brings that to Ahsoka. And I'm like, I mean, he's like, Ahsoka, like you're the, you and I are the only ones that can change this. And yeah, I mean that just, that was when my, my head exploded, but okay. I mean, it's I have, fascinating. I have so many things and I got to get them before Grant poo-poo's things. So <laughs> here's the thing. This the episode did something that I didn't think was possible for me, which was I am now on board <laughs> with Maul surviving yes. Episode one. And I'd no. always been I was always been agnostic about it. There's things I like, there's things I didn't like. I hate the spider legs. I hate his pop-up in in solo. But if if that means having to deal with the spider legs and him popping up in solo means that we get his appearance in this episode of Clone Wars, I am a hundred percent okay. I think yeah. this actually fixed solo for me because I every time I see it and I start going negative about it, I'll be like yeah, but remember the conversation between Maul and Ahsoka in yeah. the throne yeah. room. Like that to me is the best Maul moment of any Maul. Yeah, come at me. <laughs> it's fascinating, and and it then of fun. course the lightsaber battle is amazing after it. But yeah, yeah. I, what what do you have to say, Grant? I know. I know oh man, yeah. I, <laughs> no, I'm I'm a big fan of what they've done with Maul since um since reviving him in the Clone Wars and and bringing him back through Rebels and uh, and Solo and, and whatnot. Like I I love and I love when you know we heard um Freddie Prince Jr. talk about him being representing Sisyphus. Uh, yeah. uh, uh recently Sam Witwer tweeted uh, the tweet "Liberate Coruscant," and I loved that tweet. I was like, oh, this is a great tweet because this is this is the ideology of Maul right now. Like. He's literally an anti-hero, and he literally went from the darkest, yeah. most brooding, primal, scary villain of all time, right, into this anti-hero crime lord. And it's like yeah. uh, that's super interesting. I love that. Do I feel they could have done it with a wholly new character? Yes, but <laughs> I love this character. I love this character. I love what they're doing now. I almost wish they did do the whole like he does go to Coruscant and confront Palpatine one last time, and his arc ends there. But like, obviously, goes into Rebels, but. Ultimately, for me, it's like Obi-Wan, you know, we see how he ends his his final moment is, again, he's slain by Obi-Wan. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just feel like, and, and obviously, he's looking for that good death. Or he's looking for, he's looking for death. He's almost like hunt, searching for death in a really, really right. morbid, dark he, way. Yeah. He begs for death at the end of this yeah, episode? Totally. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Does he? Okay, go for it, Adam. I don't want to. No, no, wanna... no, go. No, because I'm right there with you. I just like. All right, I'm going to say this real quick. They. They know, like, that's the interesting thing. Like, we know what's going to happen. We have a, a, a parallel timeline. We kind of know what's happening afterwards. I've read the, the background of this episode on Wikipedia by accident, so I think I know what's happening. And yet, I have no idea what's going on. I did not think they were going to capture them all at the end of this thing at all. And I, I have no idea where they're going. So I'll tell you one thing. They do not capture him for long. They do not have him in holding for long. No, right. he's well, freaking out. Right. When the clones are like, we got it from here. I was like, no, you <laughs> no, don't. You're not. Like, no, not no, at all. Bring her, think, bring her with you. Bring her with you right now. <laughs> I also think but Order still, 66 like... <laughs> will play a role in Maul's uh, oh. escape. Because yeah. I don't know what Order 66 does to a clone who has a Sith there, right? I don't know what that does. But here's the thing. I, I agree completely. And what I think this episode did with Maul is gave that character depth for a character that has been one-dimensional for a long, long time in Star Wars. I think they gave him depth in um, Rebels quite a bit, but I feel like this is now yeah. explaining, like, at the end of the day, he either wants to figure out what is his role in this new world. He knows he's no longer a Sith. 
like this is this is it like this is the moment where someone has this 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 like who am i why am i here what am i doing and i feel like this entire last arc is more about maul figuring out who he is than any other character in a weird way and and i was not expecting that it's gonna set up his crime lord ambitions in a beautiful way as well because he is he is gonna try to destabilize the galactic empire for as long as he can after Palpatine has uh, you think that's you think that's going to be his motive? He's going to want to because I I think he could. I think there could be some super interesting you know stories ahead with Maul in terms of like Order sixty six. Like, yeah, what if just to get back a Palpatine? What if to get back a Palpatine? It means saving a few Jedi. Like, what if he saves some Jedi? Like, just to get back. Like, everything is to get back a Palpatine uh, at this point. Yes, Rob Palpatine of his prized apprentice, and like those are his two motivation points right there. And I think one is. And to stabilize his, his whatever his ruling, you know, uh, regime. Just that's his three. I think his three things he wants to do. What is he? Chaotic evil, right? Because we know he's evil, but he's chaotic. Where he's just trying yeah, he's to like he's evil. just that's trying exactly to right. mess everyone else up. Yeah, and yeah. just trying to survive on his own, right? And I kind of love that character. Like that's what this that's what Star Wars needed, right? In this whole thing where there was like, here are the bad guys, here are the good guys, and here's someone who's just out for himself but trying to f it up for everyone else. Like I love that. I thought right. his plan was sound too, where he's like, I'm waging this war on Mandalore to draw Anakin Skywalker here. And I was yeah. like, how does Anakin Skywalker not go for the bait on this? This is a renegade Sith that his master right. couldn't defeat. And it's like, he's still out. He's a, he's yeah. still at large. And you'd think Anakin Skywalker would be like, Oh no, no, I'm going to go deal with the Sith. Like, this is, this is my yeah. jam. Like, I feel like if his... he doesn't do it. It's weird. No, if his mentor, was not kidnapped he totally would have like that's the only thing that changes right is if if yeah if palpatine wasn't kidnapped at the beginning of but that, even after the totally fact i mean there's like opera scenes and, and oh, I guess that's true, the right? council and it's like how does he not hear about like how does he not well, i don't know it's the, it's the ca- at that point the council had asked him to spy right so it's just like he right. is completely just yeah all of which i mean it makes a lot of sense that um, Sidious sensed this was going to happen and it took something, because it's an extreme move to have yourself captured by the opposition. And to have to do that then, that's his, like, that was his ace up his sleeve that he needed to play when he's like, nope, I need, you know, I see what's happening over there. I need Anakin by my side right now to take the next step and do the thing. Um, so I, I just want to say real quick that, like, everything you're saying is very consistent for Maul's character. Like, we, we yeah. know that the first three villains of the um, prequel trilogy are the three portions of Vader, right? You've got Maul and Grievous and Dooku. Or Maul, it is Dooku, yeah. And But, like, Maul represents that just, like, unfiltered hate and, like, pure dark side rage and, and skill. And he's like, a, he's like a feral animal. He's just, like, in the force. Just he needs a target. And so, like, for yeah. a while in um, his story arc in Clone Wars, it was focused on... Obi-Wan, but now ever since like he was overthrown um by Sidious, now his eye is his his eye is clearly on on Sidious. So that's what's fascinating about this is that like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I I, I think Ahsoka's willing to make that gambit right. for until she found out it was gonna hurt Anakin. Yeah, we're doing we're we're piecing it all together because right now, right, it was on Sidious, and now we're seeing him switch over to Skywalker, right? Because that's his vision was was Skywalker, well, and was, then when we yeah, it's, it's Skywalker is his new apprentice. Way. Yeah, it's Sidious by way of Skywalker. He's still trying to hurt Sidious, so but he knows to do that he needs to he needs he to, needs to, to hurt Skywalker. Skywalker. And next time we see him, 
it's yeah. Skywalker again in some ways, right? It's the it's it's the trying to get his hands on. I can't remember the prophecy in Rebels, but it is it's Luke, right? Like that's yeah. that's the whole twist. So so it is interesting. I love that idea of he goes from just like Obi-Wan to Sidious to Skywalker to Obi-Wan to Skywalker again. Like you're right. He just keeps focusing on these these external things to try to kill or defeat. Yeah, it adds so much fun context to uh, his relationship with Luke as well, because this is this is Palpatine's next prized pupil or next phantom apprentice. And he's like, oh, how do I how do I strip him of the next apprentice? And like, how do I really how do I hurt him? You know, how do I cause the greatest damage to this kid, to this uh, my old master? Let's pause and talk about that title, because this might be my favorite title of a of a Star Wars show ever. Phantom yeah. Apprentice. It's like it's so to me. I love things that tie in. It's Phantom Menace, Phantom Apprentice, and the fact that Anakin is referred to as um, basically Sidious's Phantom Apprentice is amazing. Like that's so yeah. amazing. Yeah, there's layers to that too, right? Or seeing the 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 episode, I was titillated. I was like, oh my gosh! Like Phantom Apprentice. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an incredible title. It's like. Maul was the apprentice for a time being, so he could be yeah. considered the Phantom Apprentice. The, he's coming back from the past. He's coming back from the shadows. The, he's a, a ghastly. Uh, Anakin is clearly the Phantom Apprentice in this arc. Uh, also, uh, so, uh, no longer a menace, yeah. right? Maul is no longer what you were talking about, Ben. He's no longer that animalistic, savage, primal fear, that that, that sublime fear. He, he now represents that that thraldom and pain that Vader embodies. Right. You know, I mean, later that's, on. that's what the dark side is. I, I will def, I definitely admit that like he's grown and it's interesting to like watch him try to scheme as his old master schemed. And he's just like kind of a pale representation of that. He's, 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 still, a, he's a slave yeah. to the fear, though. He's a slave to the fear yes. of his old master as yes. well. It's, it's dark. It's scary. It's actually this Sam Whitworth's voice acting is incredible in this episode yeah. where he even yeah. the mention of Sidious just like puts a puts a knot in his throat. It's it's pretty fun. It's really, really so, fun uh, acting. Yeah, this leads to my kind of second question observation. Get your thoughts about it is I feel like Rogue One and Ben, you did this recently. Rogue One kind of enhances your viewing of episode four. You don't need to do this, but to watch Rogue One directly into episode four is kind of amazing and fun, right? Is this when this becomes a movie, which it will, that these four episodes will be repackaged as a movie. I'm just calling it now. It's going to happen because that's how it was shot clearly or that's how it was edited together does this change episode three do you now watch episode oh. three and this oh. movie back to back exponentially Ooh. better films yes. exponentially better film after this i yeah. will watch this episode at the beat when dooku dies and they return to coruscant i or i guess when they crash land i will watch this episode before resuming revenge of the sith just to get it all in there i would love a supercut i would love a supercut of animated between live action because yes. i don't mind i really don't mind seeing it you know the transition so, mediums i will not i don't want to name names or give websites to get them found out but one of my favorite things is someone has done a supercut of all the marvel movies together in chronological order <laughs> which is really fun to watch so it starts with like asgard in like thousands of years ago and it actually tells it they intercut all the movies together in terms of their timing it's gladden fields from fellowship he's just like yeah <laughs> wow so like I, 20 hours long it's it's amazing and so i was thinking the same thing grant is i just want someone to cut in these two movies together even I'll i would totally it. watch that oh yeah do it you, i don't we, i don't think i don't think i can get time cap i don't think i can get anything off disney plus for some reason i think it like blacks out when i do it. it's always copyright 
legal nonsense. I, I can get you a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, nobody heard that on a podcast. Nope, no one heard it. <laughs> I have not been doing that for my classes. But it's for educational purposes, which actually goes around copyright laws. Why not, why not do an official supercut? Like, why not just have yeah. someone in-house I'll just do that. a really awesome supercut that, yeah, it's going to be, it's not going to be on par with, like, the triple the A quality of your, like, your, your material. Like, it'll feel jarring to go between animated yeah. and live action. But, like, it'd be so much fun for all of us who kind of felt like the turn or Revenge of the Sith was too quick. Like, there wasn't enough time to really cover a lot of ground or Revenge of the Sith is kind of quick. And it would be fun to see, you know, have some room to breathe and, and have some Ahsoka storyline to, 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 to watch in between Absolutely. Anakin's arc. Yeah. What else you guys got? Yeah. I think that's pretty much it, man. I mean, it, it, it just, it's all going to be put in better context. And now I can't wait the next two episodes, which we're going to get yeah. within five days of each other or four days of each other. Um, so it's going to be right next, uh, next Monday, a week from Monday is May the 4th, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's next Friday is episode three, and next Monday is episode four, plus the episode of that making of Mandalorian. Uh, I have two quick observations slash questions. These are real quick. Um, do you think they used Ray Park for the model for Maul's fighting? They did. Was it was it very... was recently confirmed that both Ray Ray Park and um, I forget the other uh, stunt uh, choreographer. Uh, who was doing mocap for Ahsoka, but uh, that was mocap. What we saw was it mocap. Looked, was mocap. That's what I was wondering. It yeah. looked really yeah. good. I thought it was him. Okay, good. And then the other thing is that, did you all catch the Dryden boss? Yeah. <laughs> and I got some Prince Shizor. Hey, was no. he there too? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when, when Maul or when someone walks in and Maul's having a conversation with the um, syndicate leaders on oh. Hollow, it, it goes away really quickly, but one of them is 100% Dryden boss. Dryden boss, because uh, I saw them and he's yeah, he's telling them to scram. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I was yeah, much, so much, weirdly much excited. Much like Palpatine tells uh, the separatist leaders to go to Mustafar, it was like you guys need yes. to uh, yeah. hide out. Um, oh, yeah. great! Well, great parallel. Yeah, that was cool. And Dryden looks great in animation. I mean, like, well, I would love to see. I, honestly, if they don't do a solo too, like, I would not mind an animated solo series. Like, I think sure. that's actually the perfect grounds oh, for solo. That's a good call. Yeah, that is with like all the bounty hunters and Jabba the Hutt. Well, just just the sort of nature of the character is just fun and cartoonish at times. Like almost like there's a lot of witty banter and and really slapsticky moments with Han Solo. You know what I mean? Like wrenches can fall on his head, and that's cool. That's like cartoonish, (laughs) I would say. You know what I mean? Like that he's he's fit for a cartoon. Um, uh, I have two final notes uh, here. They're very very quick. Uh, I love that whenever uh, they they. They t- uh, Maul's talking about Palpatine orchestrating everything and having this like overarching evil plan. It like cuts to clone troopers. Like I and they do they've done this throughout the Clone Wars, but just like I love that kind of that visual metaphor that like you know his clones are doing so they're they're, they're doing what they do best. They're engaging in conflict. You know they're pursuing conflict. It's like right. you know that's all that's all a Sith could want. Uh, I love that stuff. Uh, there was a scene in here that was like a exact kind of lift from the Force Awakens that was like. Maul interrogating clone trooper oh, yeah. Jess, oh, Jesse. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the scream was like, the scream was there, like Poe's scream that you hear. In t- it was all there. It was like, it was the exact same scene. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like a lift. I would call that a lift. Like, that was yeah. exactly the same. Right. We didn't even know he knew that ability and then like to pull that out was, yeah. A nice shout out to the sequels. Dude, totally. shout out to the speculation sub that I used to write on all the time, <laughs> which was like, 
they were all like, these cerebral powers are going to get explained in a huge way. And it's this next, you know, tier of force powers. And nope, never happened. But Not explained. I'll, take, I'll take Palpatine any day of the week. He's a great villain. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I don't have, uh, I don't have too many other takeaways from that. I was just blown away. I just watched it and enjoyed it. And, um, and it was just flabbergasted. I love the animation and like the casual nature of Maul through this. I just loved him so much. Um, yeah, and I think um, another weird add-on here, because you just mentioned uh, Palpatine as the villain in Tross, uh, Rise Skywalker, um, and we've been talking about Maul. Um, there's been some rumors on the internet for Battlefront 2 that um, those are, they're going to be two new skins, and one of the skins for, is going to be for Palpatine. Um, it's They've only shown these tiny little, like, a couple of, like, pixels of the art, like a square pixel, like, mm-hmm. close and one people have identified as the hood on um, on Palpatine, uh, Tross Palpatine, which will be interesting because I hope he comes with a gym on. His blood yeah. sacrifice attire. Right. Yeah, better, yeah. better have that gym arm. Things called um, yeah. gown. Right. Uh, and but the other one is going to be a uh, a mall. I think uh, it might actually be Mall Rebels Mall, where he's just like wearing a cowl and no shirt. Yeah. Has that up. All right. I love like man mall. That was like my yeah, like, favorite. Old that's pretty good. Also, mall. just give me spider leg malls because at this point I don't care anymore. <laughs> just like if we're gonna do it, let's do it. <laughs> There's no way they can animate it to have that would character be it way would, too OP. That character it. would just back up the KD. It would just be like yeah, the best he's character. Already, he's already like one of the toughest guys because you can't hit him. He's like he just flies around the like the board yeah. and he's impossible to shoot. Mm. Um, but uh, anyway. I always so, wanted to see like a like a Kill Bill style anime that would be like Palpatine's like early childhood <laughs> and like discovery totally. of Maul and like all the really dark stuff you really can't do like live action. So call me Disney. We'll get there. I love yeah. that actually. Yeah. But he's like an athlete and he's just like a sublime fencer. I don't know. I don't know. That that um that Plagueis novel, I wish they would just be like, it's canon. We're gonna make three feature films out of it and it's made like Darth Vegas? Do you know who's been reading those uh, those Darth books right now? Uh, Kevin Scott. It, Kevin Scott has been right. on his Instagram posting all the different Darth Plagueis, Darth Bane books. He's been reading Bane, yeah. He's been reading them. This is the guy who's writing The High Republic. Oh. So this is someone who has basked in the glory That's of the Darth. Yeah. They have to just get around Kiati Mundi's line in the Phantom Menace. So I'm thinking the Nile do have the dark side of the Force. They just don't know what it is because the Jedi have like you know destroyed all the knowledge well, surrounding the dark side. They're so they're like Sith. just trying yeah. to grasp on to like whatever the Force is, and they're like using it for you know bad deeds, and they're they're doing dark you know, things. Sure, it's like it's call them the Nile, right? Whatever. I mean, Anakin was using the Force to pod race before he knew what the Force was. Totally. Yeah, that's what right. I think. That's what my guess is for what these these characters are. Uh, we are guy. we are getting some like dark monsters and things like that as well. So he's going to go a step above, I think, those Bane books and and the Plagueis books in in capturing the the darkness of some of these creatures that they've shown art yeah. for. Like, yeah, there's going to be some dark force creatures. Mm-hmm. High Republic series. So stay tuned. Summer reading. Can't wait. Summer can't can't wait. Um, all right. Well, that field felt like it was too quick i could talk about this again for another million hours but uh we covered the two uh or three main things that came out this week which are fantastic um hey who knows what we'll learn next week um as always afra afra baby afra's coming afra's coming (laughs) 
Um, awesome. Thanks very much for listening to us. Uh, stay safe out there and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Coreworld News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always.